the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The text I've taken for this morning comes from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. St. Paul. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Well, I suppose we're well into the vacation season, aren't we? First of July today. Gosh, where does time go when you're having fun? <laughs> Lovely weather. Well, I'm off to Nottingham on Wednesday. Funny place for a holiday, I can see you saying. Well, I'm not going on holiday. I'm going to the General Assembly. This will be my 58th consecutive General Assembly. Gosh, I suspect I'm the only person left around who has that record. Poor sad anorak, I can see people saying. <laughs> For the last 15 years or so, since we, we came back from Geneva, I've been part of a team of volunteers who helped to organize this event for some 500 people. At the moment, it's alternate years. It's part of the genius of our Reformed tradition that we see the church as a family, Christ's family. It's not governed by individuals, popes or bishops, nor by some sort of hierarchy on high. Our church is a family where governance and mission are shared between the local congregation, church meeting, we call it, and the general assembly, which is a periodic gathering of representatives of the faithful to support, to coordinate the whole. Those who attend the assembly and make the decisions are, for the most part, ministers and elders from local churches, just like this one. Assembly tries to share resources fairly, ensuring the stronger fellowships support the weaker and smaller ones. It tries to identify and resolve problems, to dream dreams and see visions which it shares with the wider family. It seeks to inspire, to encourage us all in our mission. And so we shall spend four days in the Albert Hall in the centre of Nottingham, engaging in worship, in Bible study, in hearing reports and discussing issues, in talking and sharing and trying to discern the mind of Christ, setting out priorities and aims accordingly for the next period in the church's life. Now, I am well aware that Linfield URC sits a bit lightly to the wider issues of the URC outside the village. We are not alone in that. I just wonder if there is anyone here 
who can tell me what has been the underlying theme of the URC since the last assembly in Southport two years ago? Anyone? <laughs> Sorry? Yes, a voice from on high tells us that it's walking the way, living the life of Jesus today. Walking the way, living the life of Jesus today. Uh, well, we should be developing that theme in, in, in Nottingham. And I think, uh, though we may not uh, go great on remote ecclesiastical gatherings, I think it's worth here considering what that theme has to say for us in our local ministry. Normally, I only get here one Sunday a month. The rest of the time, I am out visiting other churches, preaching and leading worship. We're part of the central uh, Sussex United area, and I give them one service a month for their plan, uh, which means I go around all sorts of Methodist and URC and United churches in the area because there aren't enough ministers and lay preachers to take them all, so they, they call out the old boys, the supernumeraries, as they politely call us. Other Sundays, I'm invited by congregations over a rather wide area where I happen to know people. I guess I'm on quite a few preaching secretaries' hit lists. Now, by my reckoning, as I go round, there are three broadly types of local church. And I think this applies not just to the URC, but to, to all denominations. First, there are quite a few that I would describe as freewheeling. They've been there a long time. They've got a nucleus of hardworking, faithful people who attend Sunday by Sunday, who give out the hymn books, who count the offering, who generally keep the show on the road. And sometimes they have a share in a minister and a group. Sometimes they don't have any leadership. Uh, beyond their own uh, elders. Their worship will usually follow a very familiar traditional pattern, which may not have changed for the best part of a century, but they soldier on. They're there when the community needs a meeting room, or a marriage, or a funeral. Their witness is sometimes just by being there. And secondly, there are those churches that have a strong evangelical tradition. Uh, they often have more lively music with a group rather than an organ predominating. Their worship is scripturally based and rather more informal. Their thrust is to seek newcomers to the faith to introduce them to the Lord Jesus and to challenge them to follow him. Theologically, they would tend to be the more conservative end of the spectrum, and they sometimes find ministering in this radically changing 21st century somewhat difficult. 
Then thirdly, there are those at the other end of the uh, theological spectrum, whom some would deb uh, liberal, uh, who are much more concerned about doing than talking, about changing the world rather than individual lives. Their worship would tend to be rather more sort of intellectual and academic. They would be more at home espousing quite radical causes than engaging in Bible study. Though they would always maintain that their actions stem from a gospel imperative. Now, there you have it. That's, a, of course, very broad um, generalization. Three very different kinds of church. Common, I can assure you, to all denominations. And there are certainly plenty of examples of each within our URC family. So what does Assembly's challenge have to say to us? Walking the way living the life of Jesus today. Now, those of you who've heard me preach over the last 20 years will know that a favorite picture of mine is that of Paul's the church as the body of Christ. And we're all limbs, organs of it. And of course, Jesus, Jesus is the head of the body. And my text is Paul's word to the Galatians. My old self has been crucified with Christ, he says. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Remember that story? Perhaps it was uh, fortuitous that Danny wasn't here and I could tell my monastery story. One of you is the Messiah. Fits in, doesn't it? No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now that surely is what being a disciple is all about. Now I understand the departments uh, at Church House in Tavistock Place are busy producing resources and materials to help us, both as individual Christians and as, as, as local churches, to do just that, to be Jesus in today's world. You can just imagine Paul, can't you? His whole life after Damascus Road, being centered on Jesus, on following him, on expanding the gospel of God's love in Christ to all those Jews and, and Greeks and Romans he encountered on those journeys of his. He lived the gospel. It's no longer I who live, he says, but Christ who, who lives in me. Till the time came for him to suffer and to die like Jesus. Now, what about you and me? How can I be Jesus in Linfield in 2018? First, we have to know him. And the best way we can do that is through the scriptures. 
the more we get inside that man of Galilee, hear his words, see how he lived, the more we shall be able to emulate him in a meaningful way. Second, we have to be in touch with him. And the best way for that is through our time of prayer. Set times of quiet we may have in our own home. Public times when we come together in, in, in worship. Special times, wherever we happen to be and feel the need to turn to him. Third, is to judge what we do, the decisions that we make, the way we treat other people, the way we live out our lives, by what we know of that Jesus who lives in us. What would he do? Now, let me give you an example. I was taught as a young minister that when the traveller comes to your door asking for a sub, you never give him money. You get him a sandwich, or if you have an arrangement with the local social care people, you give him a voucher for a meal or even a bed for the night. Cash, he would spend immediately on drink. And I guess nowadays it would probably be on drugs. Now, in Wallasey, when we were there in the 1960s, we had quite a lot of them calling. I never forget the morning when our infant son, Peter, was to be baptised in the service, and the family were arriving from all round, with one of those regulars also arriving. And poor Rosemary struggling to get him a cheese sandwich amidst the manse hubbub of the occasion. But despite that ingrained advice, I always feel very torn when I walk past beggars in the streets in London, and there seem to be a growing number in these austerity times. Do I walk on, hoping that social services or the, the welfare charities to which I subscribe through my uh, part of my tithe, hoping they will help? Or do I give them something? Last week, I, I, <coughs> I was in Croydon. I broke my resolve and put a pound in a young man's hat. But it didn't make me feel any less uneasy. I think I know what Jesus would do not only would he give him something, but he would sit down with him and bring some healing and hope into his life. There's much to think about when we're faced with the call to walk the way, to live the life of Christ today. Let us hope that our church can help and encourage us to do just that. But a final word about churches and how corporately we walk the way, how we can be 
the body of Christ at work in his world. The URC is quite a small family, but it encompasses many shapes and sizes and forms of fellowship. As I said earlier, there are some that just survive and continue to witness just by being there, hanging on sometimes with real worries about the future. There are those that provide a lively evangelical witness. People certainly know they're there. A few years ago, I had never heard of messy church until one was started here. Now as I go around, they're popping up all over the place. There are those that are more engaged in issues, in community projects or quasi-political campaigns. There's a, a minister, Mark Meacher, who joined various religious and campaign groups in a week of action against the world's biggest arms fair an event which takes place at Stratford's Excel Centre every year. The event has long been condemned by human rights advocates for its role in facilitating the supply of weapons and security equipment to governments and repressive, aggressive regimes around the world. Churches have been actively involved in the campaign for an international arms trade treaty to promote more responsible training. I think Jesus would probably have been there amongst the placard holders. So we have different sorts of church different backgrounds, different emphases in ministry. But we are all one family. I like to think of our differences making us complementary in the work of the gospel, in our calling to walk the way, to live the life of Jesus today. Please pray for General Assembly in this coming period for the wider family to which we all believe. And remember what Paul said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord.